Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You're listening to Theater and College Hoops. I'm Subi. Alongside me is Taylor Dammel. We're brought to you by Dash Radio and the Barnburner Podcast Network. Go subscribe to the podcast on whichever device you use. I actually heard Julius Hodge. Probably the leader in the Heisman House. Or not the Heisman House. I always confuse it. It's the Van Wilder House. Sorry. Huge Van Wilder House guy. I actually heard <laughs> Julius Hodge subscribe, so you should as well. Check out the website at thebarnburner.com. That's the-barnburner.com. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at CVB Theater. You should also follow me at Suvi232 to find out where the feet is. And Taylor at Taylor Dammel. We're sponsored by Blue Note, artfully crafted small batch bourbon. Distilled in Memphis and honoring the Memphis Blues. Be noteworthy, Memphis. All right, we're back at it again. Another podcast here in the summer. Really trying to string these together. Uh, not a ton of college hoops going or news coming coming at us, but a decent amount at the very least. I mean, we're getting some some nibbles here and there. Uh, Taylor, welcome back to the program, man. How you been? You know, the, I'm, I'm I'm great. Surviving the heat out here in Arizona. It was 113 yesterday. So, um, you know, the problem with most of the news you get in college basketball over the summer is uh, negative news. You don't get a lot of positive news, I think, in the offseason of college basketball. Um, And I think (laughs) that will be reflected in a lot of our conversations we have today. Speaking of, for this might be a little foreshadowing into the show, but is there a particular reason why – Julius Hodge was who you brought up today. Absolutely. We're going to dive into <laughs> NC State, Mark Gottfried. And that was honestly the last time I feel like NC State was in their glory years. Obviously, you could go all the way back to like Derek Wittenberg and Valvano, et cetera, and their national championship team. But Julius Hodge, man, he was such a stud in college. And so, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about NC State and their violations and what it all means. And to be quite frank, I have no idea what it means. So we'll talk about that here in a second, but I want to go back to, to your, your point about the weather. It's 115 there right now. Uh, Over the weekend, it was 113. Uh, We got out of town for my girlfriend's birthday because we wanted to beat the heat. So we went to Palm Springs, the only other city in the country hotter than Phoenix. Was it hotter? It was 119 degrees. Yes. And we decided to play golf at 119 degrees and it was painful how but, much was it how much was it to play uh it was it was like nothing they pretty much paid us to play we were the only two tee times on the entire golf course for the day it was there was one employee there and he was probably annoyed that he had to come in today for the day just to tell us where the golf carts were at like they did the restaurant wasn't open they didn't even have water bottles I had to run back to the store to get water bottles because they, they must have been like, these guys are out of their minds, which was accurate, really. But, but yeah, just trying to stay cool out here, you know. How's the, uh, how's the summertime shy? Well, it's humid. I'll be honest with you. It's very humid, and I understand that buck 15 where you're at is a dry heap. That's still very hot. But pretty humid here. I'm actually dealing with a cricket problem. Ooh. right now on the house Ooh. so that was the first time i've had to deal with any sort of pests coming through in the summer but it's all part of uh, ripping the band-aid off this is when we get our reps in right now in the summer right people are kids are kids are going to practice right now working on their jump shot kids are on campus 
they're they're running the offense, playing some defense. They're going to you know they're probably helping out their coaches with their uh, camps and their academies. So that's what we're doing right now as well. This is the time to get the reps in. <laughs> so wait, how is there a cricket in your apartment? I thought you were top floor lifestyle. What did that cricket ride the ride the elevator up or what? Well, you'll when you come out here, you'll find that there's a. I don't know. It's really, it's really weird. Our ceiling is also, it kind of doubles as like a garden. It's, uh, it's odd. Uh, so, okay. I look, man, I, I didn't, I wasn't able to just sit the cricket down and have a one-on-one <laughs> ask him how he got in here. So next time, hey. if I see that there's multiple in here. So once I see them, I'll, I'll have a conversation with them. In, in the life of Terrence Subramanian, it is better. It is a cricket and not a bird that got into the apartment though. Bird, I would have moved out. Bird, I hundred percent gotta go. Gotta go. Moved out, man. It's insane. <laughs> so, all right. Well, since we're on the topic of of animals, birds, let's talk about the wolf pack here. <laughs> NC State. Do you like that transition? Wow, wow. Now that is big time podcasting right there. Yeah, that's that's why I'm here. So, NC State last earlier this week was slapped. What was it with a level one violation? Correct. So, hold on. Let me. Let's just get all the details out. Uh, NC. NCAA basically said that Mark Gottfried, we don't care that you may or may not have known, they charged Gottfried with a, quote, violation of head coach responsibilities in a notice of allegations to NC State that claims both Gottfried and the NC State Athletic Department failed to properly monitor the basketball team back in 2015. I've always loved those terms, properly monitor, like these kids were out committing crimes or something. Right. I Uh, see the term. I see the term here that I wrote down is presumed responsible. So yeah, yeah same, same thing, but continue on. So I mean, that's pretty much it. That's the recap. And it all centers around their stud recruit, five-star recruit that came out of Fayetteville in Dennis Smith Jr. Who's currently a guard for the, for the Knicks. And a lot of people were kind of scratching their heads saying like, Hey, how did Dennis Smith Jr. End up at NC state when he's in the state of Carolina and NC state typically gets out recruited by your Dukes, Carolinas, uh, you know, even to an extent, maybe your Wake Forest. I, I don't know, but what? Yeah, first of all, maybe. what does yeah, a level one violation mean? Like, what does this? What does this even mean for NC State? Like, are they even in any, any trouble outside of it? Just like headlines. Well, my problem I always have with this stuff. Oh, a level one infraction is an infraction that seriously undermines or threatens the integrity of the NCAA. The integrity of the oh, NCAA. Brother. Right. Uh, the NCA collegiate model is set forth uh, in the constitution and bylaws. So, I mean, it's, I, I don't know. And I, like you said, I don't know what it means to be, to be guilty of a level one infraction because all it ever says is it could face severe penalties and those penalties could include a both postseason ban and a reduction in scholarships. Well, okay. So Gottfried's gone. Yeah. Every single pe- person from that team is gone. So who are you, who are you really punishing here? The university. The students, right. damn it. Uh, yeah, right. The, the, the kids who were 13 when this was happening. Or the coach, uh, Kevin Keats, who wasn't even there when this happening. Actually, let me look now. Do they even have the same uh, athletic director at this point? I don't know. You know, so, you know who probably was there at that time was there prior and is probably still there is Julius Hodge. Yeah, right. <laughs> probably is there. Um, yeah, I mean, you'd love this. Their athletic director's name is Boo Corrigan. It's like a great name. B double O Corrigan. He sounds um, like a guy that was, should win the U.S. Open. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Boo Weekly. Um, so he just became the athletic director on January 30th of this current year. Oh. So you're, re- you're really punishing. You're punishing everybody, but you're really punishing nobody that ever had anything to do with this actual infraction. And I don't know if that, I don't know if that's really the way to do things. I know that's how the NCAA typically rolls, but I mean, could you imagine like if we had gone into college and we got in some in our school, got in some serious trouble because of something happened like five years ago, how pissed we would be and how 
you know, it's just the only people it's unfair to are the people that it didn't directly affect because or that didn't weren't directly involved. So I don't know what you do with that if you're the if you're the NCAA. And I, I, I don't think you and I are very big fans of the I don't think anyone's really big fans of the NCAA and how they do things because there's no um, there's no uh, continuity between why they punish one school or why they punish another school. There's zero consistency. Right. But I think we can both agree in this sense that I do think it's the, the NCAA is in a bad position because it's a non-win position for the NCAA. You don't punish the school. Then you say, oh, well, people can do whatever the hell they want then. You know, whatever. Which I'm no perfectly punishment. okay with. It's kind of well, like, like steroids in baseball. Let them, let right. them cheat. Right. Or then you overpunish them and everyone's like, oh, wow, the NCAA is really making a, a, a statement for no reason here. So I, I'm not saying I feel for the NCAA. I'm saying it's a, it puts them in a tough spot because no matter what they do, what, left or right, it's, people are going to view it as, a, as, as them being in the wrong. Yeah, my, my personal recommendation to you after being a fan of college basketball specifically for however many years, and obviously we're college football fans, is to never, quote, pity the NCAA, which I know you're not right. doing, but right. that's just a, 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 <laughs> a rule of thumb that I would always take. Actually, you could say it on here, just don't tweet it. Please don't yeah, tweet it. No, the, no, no, if no, the no, wrong no. account retweets you or something, you could get raked over the coals. I'm not going to be there to save you, fella. I've gotten in some Twitter battles where uh, a whole fan base came after me before. So yeah, who was, I, who was I don't want to do it. Southern, the Southern University Jaguars. And what was that for? Yeah, you took the like you weren't even tweeting about the NCAA. You were you just no, poked the wrong I, bear. Uh, it was the year that uh, the first year that Gonzaga was a one seed, and uh, I believe Southern kept it close, like a 64-62 type of game. Um, when and I said something about. Um, um, that we shouldn't, you know, this is why exactly why Gonzaga shouldn't be a number one seed because they play down to their competition. Like, you know, cause all they play all year is like the sisters of the poor, like whatever the champions of the blind and deaf league or something like that. And all of a sudden I look at my, someone retweeted that with a comment. And all of a sudden I was scrolling through my mentions and it was looking like my Twitter feed because I didn't recognize any of the names. I thought it was just a bunch of retweets until all of a sudden I, I, came to realize that it was like all 17 alumni from Southern university re- <laughs> retweeting me and getting after me. And then that caught on to, I think I had 40 to 50 uh, Southern uh, Jaguar Twitter members that came after me that day. Um, so yeah. maybe that was a warm up. Maybe if I need to fight the NCAA on Twitter, maybe I can. Maybe that's what I needed to do. Yeah. Sure. So. You have cut your teeth against, <laughs> against, against the, 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 the Jaguars. Yeah, yes. the Jaguars, especially. <laughs> you know, it, it, you've you've had plenty of experience now with Black Twitter, so like they <laughs> raked you over the coals. That being said, uh, yeah, you never want to go on the side of of the NCAA. I just kind of wish the NCAA could, and it, it's impossible for any organization to sort of run like this. But I wish that they just, I don't know, took a step back and understood who they're dealing with and who they're really going to sanction here, right? So Mark Godfrey, that might have been the worst hire in college basketball of the, of the entire decade. I'm not even kidding. It could have been. Yeah. He was oh. terrible. Uh, NC State, they're never really a threat for anything. I mean, they are the most lukewarm team of right. all time. They might be a bubble team. Uh, the best they'll be potentially that I've seen them is like a six seed. Right. And we talked about this on the last episode about cat Barber and they're the team that you think is going to make a run in the tournament and they kind of just fizzle out. But I just wish the NCAA kind of took a step back. So what are these sanctions really going to do for NC state? I don't even think it's going to bury them as much as, as people might think. I think NC right. state's just going to be the exact same. So why even pursue this? And, and again, I have to go back to the terminology. It's just so obnoxious and annoying. I don't a level one, a slap on the wrist, whatever the fuck it is. What's like level two? What's level three? I mean, right. this whole college basketball scandal. I put those in air quotes. And we said this from day one. I've been saying it every episode here. It's just a bunch of smoke, and yes. we've we've just been hearing for so long how the bomb is going to drop. Now it's just going to detonate and change the college basketball landscape. It's really not. Nothing's going to change. And 
you know, I, I understand reporters have, have a job that they need to do, but I, I just cannot get excited about, and I understand we're covering it right now. I can't get excited or intrigued or my ears won't perk up when I hear that NC state, a team that no one really cares about is getting a level one infraction, which no one really knows what it is right? because nothing's going to change. Like this is just the biggest, it's, it's a nothing burger to, to quote Trump. I think it was, I forget who it was, but <laughs> so I'm finding here that uh, our boy, Boo Corrigan's contract um, had, he gets an, if, he gets an automatic extension if the NCAA comes down and gives the school penalties in, in quotes, matters occurring prior to May 1st, 2017. And he started, what, like four months so, ago, five months ago? Right. So, so they knew this was going – because this article actually just came out like four day, five days ago and the NCAA violations came out like four days ago. Whatever. whatever. It, it happened one day before the – before the announcement um, that they were potent- or under investigation. So interesting that it, the school is being proactive in saying, all right, my man, we know that you had nothing to do with this. So you getting an automatic extension. So you're going to get an automatic extension. So maybe that is why he, he uh, talked about job security. Maybe he <laughs> knew, you know, he's like, oh, so you're, we're going to get beat down, but I get it automatic. I get to stack some more chips for a couple of extra years because someone else got in trouble. That's a great career move. There's no pressure on you. No. Right. Yeah. So good for Boo Corrigan. <laughs> He's going to get paid regardless, I guess. So it's just, it's just mind blowing, man. I just, I'm, I'm waiting for, and watch, it's going to be Arizona or something, but I'm just waiting for something of, yeah, of relevance course. or something noteworthy to actually happen to these schools that are being implicated. Well, because everyone, everyone keeps telling us, oh, uh, potentially Bruce Pearl's next or Sean Miller's next or maybe even Coach K, Bill Self. Nothing is going to happen. If nothing's happening to Kevin Keats and NC State, nothing's going to happen to these guys either. Well, so apparently the reason why NC State was kind of the first of the FBI teams, so to speak, to have a national story about the notice of investigation is Gottfried – that was actually on the wiretaps with TJ Gasnola, who was one of the guys that got that funneled one of the AAQ coaches that funneled money from Orlando early, who was one of Christian Dawkins boys. Yeah. I, I know that's a, that's quite the like family tree to work back down. But so that's why this came out. Like there's a, there's a known dollar amount, $46,700 um, that whether, um, whether Godfrey, or excuse me, it was, it was for sure with one of, um, uh, not Godfrey, but Godfrey's assistants that, but he is on the wiretaps. Everybody knows it's him. It wasn't like the Arizona situation where these wiretaps that were supposedly about Arizona never actually existed. The only one was Book Richardson, and it wasn't even about anything that was originally um, uh, brought, brought up in the first place. This one actually was like, okay, Dennis Smith Jr., $46,700. Like, it, it literally laid it out exactly what was going down. So there was no gray area with, with what actually happened. So that's what I, at least how I, what I was able to determine, why uh, NC State was kind of the first one of the uh, notable schools involved in that to have this come out against them. But, yeah, you're, you're exactly correct. And I think everyone can kind of agree with that there's no – yeah, I don't know what you do here. I mean, really, what really what you got to do is, and I've been saying this for I think you know a long time, and I think it's it would work in football, but I don't. I'm not sure if it would work in basketball. You know, how many good football programs? How many teams each year can win a national championship in football? Twelve. Yeah. Maybe if, if that. Right. Maybe. So if you if you just pulled if the six best teams from every major conference which is only five it's only 30 teams all just pulled out and said fuck you ncaa we're just gonna do we're just gonna go we're gonna start the our own collegiate uh league you there's no way you could convince me that the general public wouldn't watch more of that league if that league was only alabama clemson usc texas whatever it would Oklahoma, just be like, yeah. right, yeah. It'd just be like watching the NBA. It'd be, oh, here's all the best players. 
you know, all the best schools. So I don't know if that's ever going to happen because there's a booster problem. There's, I don't think there would be a funding problem, but there's always that pride. You know, the SEC, for some reason, like, uh, they hate each other, but they also just chant SEC more than they chant their own schools. Yeah, yeah right. So you, I guess, you know, maybe loyalty could, to the conference. Maybe the SEC should secede, which would be perfectly within their nature of their boosters to uh, to secede from some kind of, you know, uh, union, let's call it. But um, well, yeah, we're, all, we're already looking for Florida to secede like as an actual state. So the Gators right. Gators are, should be used to secession <laughs> at this point. Anyway. <laughs> right. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if there is a real answer to, to that. Now, I know I'm probably not smart enough to. Um, to figure out how, and maybe that's the problem. Maybe, maybe there actually isn't anybody smart enough to figure out how to uh, make this all work. And I think that's an understandable issue. I, I really, maybe there isn't a, a good way to do this. Well, it's so funny also because a lot of these teams that we're talking about, obviously Kansas has been to a final four in recent memory, but majority of these teams that we're talking about, they recruit these big name players and they stay for a season and it's a lot of fun. And Dennis Smith jr was awesome. I'm sure Wolfpack fans love him, but in the grand scheme of things, it's like, did he really help them that much uh, on a team level? And I'm not even trying to shit on NC State or their basketball team or their fans, right? I'd be pumped if I was a Wolfpack fan. I'd be like, yes, Dennis Smith Jr. was so fun to watch. We may not have won every single game, right? We may not have been a ranked top five in the country, but that was worth it to me. And I I would agree with that. But when you really look back on on it, like, did it equate to wins? And that's not to say that, again, that's not to say that NC State shouldn't have gone after Dennis Smith Jr. Maybe even, you know, I'm, I'm not even saying that they shouldn't have offered him that money. But right. in terms of the punishment, it's not like the NCAA can lean back on, well, and see what resulted in X amount of teams getting cheated. Fucking like Virginia Tech was still beating them. Right. Yeah. So, right. I mean, that's, that's just, that's one point. And then my final point on this is actually, I want to double back to what I said about their not really being real consequences throughout this all. That's not necessarily true. I, I have to catch myself. The assistant coaches are the ones that are getting completely fucked. Right. Right. They're right. the, like they're basically the foot soldiers. And I, I mean, I, you could make a case that this is what they signed up to do. They're basically their head coaches, the head coach is their boss, but right. they are the ones that are getting completely screwed because Dennis Smith jr. And again, I'm, I'm not saying that Dennis Smith jr. Had a, easy time by any stretch of the imagination, but right. he's, he's long gone. His loyalty was to getting to the NBA. It wasn't really the NC state. So right. he's long gone. He's in good position. Who knows what the fuck Mark Godfrey's up to, but I'm right. sure he's fine. Right. In the case of Arizona book, Richardson's the one that uh, really got screwed, right? He got in huge trouble. Sean Miller's coming back to, to coach the team. So a lot of the collateral damage is in, in, a, in a lot of, bearing the brunt is on the assistant coaches. So they're the ones I will right. say that are getting real life consequences. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're the, I don't, the henchman isn't the right term, but they're some, something like that, I guess, you know, and no, you're hench- just a- henchman's a good term. It's like the head coaches are Dr. Evil. And then they, he has his henchman. Austin right. powers just beats up his henchman in, in the little boat. So that's what they are. So uh, to, to your point of who does it really affect negatively? NC State went four and fourteen in the ACC with Dennis Smith Jr. and fifteen and seventeen overall. You know, I was—I mean, I completely forgot about that team. I thought they might have been like a six or seventeen. Well, the, did Dennis the, Smith Jr. not even play in the tournament? Uh, the previous year, when they had or two years, the two years before that, they had TJ Warren and they went to the Sweet Sixteen. But a uh, little fun collegiate basketball fact for you: two of their major uh, departures. Uh, in the same season that Dennis Smith came to NC State, their two biggest departures were uh, Caleb and Cody Martin, who transferred to NC State or uh, Nevada. Wow. Your boys; those are your boys. I so, think I'm. I think I'm done with one of the Martin brothers. Wasn't he the one that got completely yammed on by Jackson Hayes? Yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember which one though, and I don't think anybody remembers which one. To be honest, with I you. think I'm done with the Martin brothers, especially yeah. after they lost to Florida, and I had them in the goddamn final four so yeah yeah uh, muscleman's gone from nevada that chapter of my life is completely over yeah. but i oh, appreciate you un- bringing that understandable up. understandable all right <laughs> let's continue shitting on the ncaa though this is a lot of fun 
Perfect. And it's something that I feel like a lot of us do on Twitter and also during the regular season. But a huge, huge topic of discussion for as long as we can remember is paying players or at the very least allowing athletes to profit off their likeness. And now recently California has proposed a bill that would allow student athletes in the state of California to profit from the use of their own name, image and likeness. And it took another step to coming to fruition earlier this week. Uh, Of course, the NCAA and Mark Emmert, that complete little toad, they strongly (laughs) opposed the bill. And they said it would be detrimental to, to the athletes. Taylor, talk to me about your initial reactions to the bill itself and uh, any of the pitfalls that you could see coming with this or just the advantages that you could see coming with it. Well, I mean, the, the bill was approved, not unanimously, but very close. Uh, 31 to 4 was the vote that was for. Um, you know, so that's, that's, a, that's an overwhelmingly large amount of uh, – um, state senators to vote something in. So clearly the NCAA uh, attempting to reverse that is going to be, or lead the charge to reverse that, I should say, is going to be extremely difficult because uh, obviously they're going to have to convince, uh, you know, 15 people to go uh, back on their vote so that it's not 50-50 anymore. And that's going to be obviously extremely difficult. Um, I understand the, I think we all understand why this would be good for the athletes. They're going to make money. And I know that we've had the discussion for, and I think everybody has had the discussion of uh, how do you determine which athlete is worth more? You know, if the NCAA as a governing body says, okay, schools are allowed to pay players, uh, let's say 32,500 bucks a year. Right. Well, so if I'm to a tag I'm like 32, like I'm the starting quarterback in Alabama, you know, Mm -hmm. like you you guys sell 50,000 of my jerseys a year. And I'm only making 32 grand, you know, whereas like the women's water polo person is probably like, awesome. I get paid 32 grand. And there's not even a single person that's bought a ticket for our our matches this day, this this year, you know? So I, I think it's tough to, um, determine from an overall top on down governing body to say, Hey, here's how much each, each athlete is worth. My understanding of this bill is obviously now that each athlete will make whatever they're able to make off their own like nice likeness. So if, if, um, and that's how it should be, right. That's if Tua, how it should be. If someone like Tua is on the cover of, uh, like NCAA football, 2020, which they could probably bring back, if this bill goes through, which would be awesome, um, then he can, he can profit off of how, you know, whatever royalties you get off that. And so I think it's, this might be a good way to do it. Honestly. I mean, I know the pitfalls of it could be that where are, where are we drawing the line on school here? Right. Like, so do these guys are, are they even going to go to class one time? Do we care that they even go to class one time? I'm not even sure if I care they go to class one time. That's but, the other thing. People people think that these guys go for an entire year. Like if they're like, oh, he spent his freshman year at whatever school. He spent uh, like a semester. Right. Like they, they shouldn't care that they go to class. Now, honestly, he, he got heat for it. Uh, who, who am I think? Cardell Jones got heat for it, but they don't come there to play school. They don't come there to play school. Yeah. So I, I could see why I could – I certainly understand why people would want to – um, how, not to create a hierarchy on campus, but there is already that hierarchy on campus. If Tua's walking around school, oh, whoever, just, if Zion's walking, Williamson's walking around the Duke campus, like that hierarchy is already there that he's the big man on campus, whether he's getting paid or not. So I, I can understand some people's, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, timidness in, in, in doing something like that. Yeah, yeah, apprehension. Thank you in doing this English major yeah yeah, thank you well you got to use it at some point so Uh so so you gotta you gotta figure out how to maybe not make it so that the kid that's on a full scholarship or you know is paying his way 45 grand a year or not on scholarship I mean you know doesn't have enough money to do anything has a similar experience to Zion Williamson but they're never going to have the similar experience and so I think what happens is the people who are you and I understand that because we can 
remember our collegiate career, we were, our, were at a major institution that had major players. You know, we would walk around with Derek Williams and get a Highland burrito at two in the morning with, with the number two pick in the draft. And we knew that, like, that was the big guy on campus. I think a lot of people who are in power now, the Mark Emmerts of the world, well, they went to college 50 years ago. The world of the big man on campus is not what it is now. Now they're international superstars before mm-hmm. they even get on campus. So there's got to be a way to monetize that. And I, and I think this is a, a, a positive step in monetizing that. And I think the pro- only problem is here, and maybe this is wh- where we'll get your thoughts, is how does the NCAA, um, how, it, it, it's only fair if this is NCAA-wide because then now the California schools could potentially create a monopoly on the best talent in the country if other states or the NCAA doesn't create a similar rule. No, they definitely could. And to that, I would almost say they should have created this monopoly already, right? Like UCLA, USC, uh, Stanford, Cal, all these schools should already have a stranglehold on recruiting. Number one, because they're in amazing locations where the weather's perfect, like 24-7, 365. But also the amount of talent in both the Bay Area and also, of course, Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Think about all the – the NBA Finals MVP was literally uh, from Palmdale, and he went to – I think he's from Palmdale, right? Yeah. And he went to SDSU. So they should already have this – No, Paul Paul George is from Palmdale. That's right. Kawhi is from L.A. But continue. Okay. Okay. That's right. Well, shit, yeah, Paul George, an MVP right. and a regular season MVP candidate. Right. So who went to Fresno? Fresno State. State. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right, exactly. You guys should. Uh, California should already have this stranglehold. Number one, and obviously this could push it even further in their direction, which I understand. But I think this is the this is how you got to solve it. Right. This is the proper way of of going about things because I'm not advocating for. Right. If you go to that 2008 Davidson team, I'm not advocating that Stephen Curry makes the same amount as not even their last player on the bench. Like th- right. they're, they're starting center. Right? right. I Stephen Curry was that team. So people are going to be selling number 30 Davidson jerseys, not right. anyone else profit off your own likeness. Right. I'm not expecting Zion Williamson to make the same as Alex fucking O'Connell. Right. right. It should be Zion and then RJ, whatever he can profit as well. Right. So this is how I mean, I think this is the, the perfect way about doing things. Now, it's funny you bring up the monopoly in terms of in terms of uh, recruiting. I think it's hysterical that Mark Emmert is saying that or he's implying that universities in the in California could be barred from NCAA championships. And also they couldn't host it. Right. So, yeah. I mean, the, literally the, the college football national championship was in Santa Clara last year. Right. I mean, just think about how ridiculous that pa- is. The, the Pac-12 championship is in California. It's in Santa yeah. Clara. Right. Absolutely. But just the fact that, oh, uh, if what if, if you guys or if California decides to let players profit off their own likeness, then they are not going to they're not going to be eligible for national titles that it's just, it's so absurd because it, let's think about this. Let's say if North Carolina, a bill password is saying that they could uh, profit off their own likeness. Duke's still going to Duke obviously is going to get the number one re- recruiting class, right? Let's right. say if even Kentucky did it right. I'm talking about these schools in these States that already have number one recruiting classes. Did any of them make the title game last year? Did Duke, did Duke even make a Final right. Four? No. Right. Did Kentucky? No. No. So why are we why are we disallowing already saying that? Oh, this is going to create such an insanely com- uh, unbalanced competitive advantage in the favor of California that we're going to premeditate before it even gets there. We're going to first and just say you're not going to be eligible for titles. I think it's ridiculous. You still have to play the games, right? right. That, I think that's what people are missing, and you got a team like Virginia who is full of three, three year players, I would say. And then obviously Texas tech who outside of Jarrett Culver, they they lost one of their best players in Zaire Smith the the previous year. So it's just that to me was so ridiculous. Yeah. I I mean, the, 
I, I guess there would be an argument. Well, basketball and football are going to be different animals too, because there's not going to be enough basketball players. There's going to be too many basketball players to go around to only go to school in California. Right. right? And that's kind of, and you're kind of, that's exactly what you're saying. There's so many like, roster spots. The top, yes. the, all top 100 players can't go play at the four major schools in California. So really for in first place, this might be a big boon for like the Fresno States of the world where they're like, hey, where they might sneak a couple extra guys in there. But in football is where it might become a big thing because theoretically you can have 115 players on your football roster if in college. There's a lot more roster space on college football teams than, and uh, an ability to profit on your likeness as well and being, say, the – you know, 80th best recruit in the country, but you go play quarterback at San Jose state now, and then you become a, a, a Heisman candidate where in basketball, you can't go to San Jose state. And like nobody knew Paul George until nobody even knew Paul George in the league until like two, you know, two years into the league. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I could see how that would happen on uh, in, in like the football world. I think you could, it could probably create a monopoly on, on on um, smaller sports too, like let's say golf, for example, right? So the NCAA golf um, tournament is now played on, uh, you know, like the Golf Channel and NBC and stuff like that. So any any sport that has any type of following at all, baseball, ba- baseball is arguably bigger in California than any other state already anyway mm-hmm. to be able to now make money off of that. So I think it might even have a bigger effect. Like we talk about how it affects basketball and football. Well, like you just said, not the best teams with the most talent don't always win. But in like the baseball world, the, the sports that are just the level down uh, from like the footballs and basketballs, those might where might be where we see the biggest impact in this. Right, and that's fair. I just don't care. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, no, right, right, right. I only really care about college basketball and college football. Uh, uh, well, I see where you're coming from. I see, right. I see what you're saying, but I also think we're underestimating the thought process with these recruits. And I, I completely understand uh, your point about, about college football, right? Obviously more roster spots right. to go around, but I think we're underestimating some of these recruits because I, they w- still want to play, right? It's not 110% about what school is going to offer the, me the most money. Right. What's, you know, I'm going to go to California because I can profit off my likeness. Right. I do think that they're smart enough. I don't think we're giving them enough credit to do a uh, kind of like a compare and contrast pros and cons, right? Pro of playing at, at USC, I get to profit off my own likeness, but what good is that likeness? If you're not even going to see the field, right? right. If no, you're exactly. not even, if, if you're buried on the depth chart, no one's no, going to give a shit about you. You're exactly correct. No, you're so, exactly correct. So I, I, I just, I think people are so fucking fixated on this term competitive balance and how paying players could skew that. I think it's so wildly blown out of proportion because we're completely underestimating the fact that kids still want to play and they're, they're not too stupid to understand that they're, the point of college is for, to set them up for the long term. Right. They understand that they can't play more than four or five years, whatever the eligibility rules are. Right. 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 It's about showcasing your talents for the next level. So if you're not even getting on the field and they're like, oh, well, but I can I can make money in the short term. That's only going to last for so many years. Theoretically, you or I could have not gone to college and we could have just gone and gotten any regular job and made more money in those four years than any college kid. But then you've already set yourself up behind for the rest of your life. Yeah, that's the entire point of college. And to say also kind of going back to a point about not hosting championships. Like, yeah, we're just not going to play in the Rose Bowl every year. Like, we're just out. on The biggest bowl game of the year, regardless of who's in it, is uh, arguably, or the most named, we're just not, the Rose Bowl's out. You know, that's what we should say. No, honestly, that's what it's like, okay, you don't want to do the Rose Bowl anymore? Well, right. And then the Rose Bowl just becomes, uh, you know, a USC versus Stanford. Which is what the Rose Bowl is half the time anyway, you know, is one of those two teams. So, yeah, that's true. You, you know, I think – I. I think that one point that is important about this bill, too, is that it doesn't take effect until 2023, so four years from now. And so 
I feel like if this bill is ratified, that there's enough time in four years for other states to, especially if the Pac-12 could all come together and all pass this, then, then you could create a competitive advantage if other states are slower to, to ratify a similar bill. So if I'm the Arizonas, the Washingtons, the Oregons, and Oregon's a monster brand, mm-hmm. right? If you also became a state where you were allowed to monetize your likeness before the rest of the country, kids already want to go to Oregon anyway because of the perks they get. Could you imagine the perk that of going to Oregon and getting all that Nike stuff and being able to profit? I think that the, like the Pac-12s of the world, the Pac-12 schools of the world should say, oh, let's get on this before the rest of the country does. And you know, if, if the other, if the rest of the country, if we get barred from participating in NCAA stuff, then we at least could, we at least have a conference that is unified in this. Yep. And we at least, we're not going to lose any of our alumni or future people because of this, you know, and, and be proactive in this rather than being reactive to it. Um, and I don't think, I don't think that the NCAA is going to be able to, to do anything about this because it just makes too much sense. But you are completely correct. There's a lot more that goes into college choice than being able to profit off your likeness. And it would be interesting to see a study, and I'm sure we'll see a study about, because we, we, they only gloss over this a lot of times, like how much Zion Williamson created for the University of Duke, you know, whatever, so on and so forth. Now, if this is becoming a legitimate discussion, it would be really interesting to see how much they value each athlete at. Like, yeah, like how much... How much was Gabe York worth at Arizona? Six bucks? You yeah. know, like, yeah, they, there may be, maybe there's no money to be made there, no, even if you don't, you know, if, even if you go to those type of schools. Well, and so, so the other thing that needs to get brought up, especially in this year, is everyone's using Zion as the barometer. He's literally the most right. exciting player in, like, right. 20, 20 years. Right. No, exactly. Like, Zion, Zion is on in another stratosphere. I don't know – the next time we're going to see another Zion. I don't know what it looked like prior to Zion, right? I mean, we've had some big-time names go through college. Right. You got your Derrick Roses. You got John Wall, right? You got, I mean, great players coming in and out of Duke. Nobody, Nobody's generated as much buzz. Nobody has demanded you sit your ass on the couch and watch a regular season game like Zion Williamson has. Well, and so it's, it's unfair to say that, oh, well, the the economics of you know if you get a Zion like dude Zion's like a Haley's comet you're right. we're probably not going <laughs> to see Zion in a while well and maybe he's the perfect candidate to not he is the perfect candidate to not go to school in California because him and his people would sit around and be like well it really doesn't matter just like you were saying it really yeah. doesn't matter I'm going to make a hundred like okay I might be able to profit this year off my likeness and make seven hundred fifty thousand dollars great but if I go to a, a different school in another area, like the Duke has so many fans that I'm going to make that money the day after the day I become a pro anyway. And my signing bonus is, is going to make that up anyway. You know, I mean, there's, he knows and, that he's got, he's a hundred plus million dollar dude, wherever he goes. To school. And that's even with a fucking injury blowing yeah, out right. a shoe. Like, right. it yeah, just, right. you can't, honestly, I, you can't compare anyone to Zion. Like, no, he's just, no. A completely different stratosphere. So a lot happening with the NCAA. That was our segment, taking a shit on them. Always enjoy doing that. Now I want to drop trow on Duke. That's another thing. Which is always very supportive, yes. Uh, Duke alum and just straight up punk, Grayson Allen, man. Did you see this in Summer League, what he did to Grant Williams? Uh, When he he, opened – or closed fist, like yeah. So if you the thunder chopped him, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, if you didn't see Vir- twice, virtually two plays in a row. If you didn't see this, Grant Williams set a screen. Grayson, for some reason, didn't like being screened in the game of basketball, and he just shoved Grant Williams. So that resulted in a flagrant. After that, Grant Williams then set <laughs> another back screen, <laughs> and he gets the ball, goes up for the layup, and. Grayson straight up tomahawk, tomahawks him like right on the head, and 
so there's a lot to break down here, a lot to unpack. Right after that happened, Grayson does the what? That was just a hard foul. He, he does the palms in the air, and it's like, dude, none of your teammates are even on your side in this one. I don't even. I, I don't think because we're a Memphis podcast, right? The boys all from Memphis, huge Tiger fans, and obviously huge Grizzlies fans. I think they hate Grayson Allen, and I think Grind City hates Grayson Allen, but. The one thing, before I get your thoughts on this, I will say, I was sitting in bed just refreshing Twitter and I saw this. Right. And I was like, even for Grayson Allen, how do you get tossed in a summer league game? I was like, don't they give you more fouls in summer league? Just yeah. generally speaking. And obviously these were flagrant. So ten. it's probably the You get 10. Yeah. You get 10 fucking fouls. I mean, like, you can't, you can't even foul out. And he got tossed in a summer league game. And I'm like, how much of a dickhead does this guy really have to be? And so I finally saw the YouTube clip and I had no idea that it was consecutive back-to-back plays. Like he shoved Grant Williams, refs go to the monitor, come back, inbound the ball, and he slaps the shit out of him. I was like, how dumb are you? How fucking stupid are you? It's almost, honestly, I'm almost impressed by it because Grayson's like, "Mm, I know this just happened about two minutes ago. And everyone in the arena is targeting me and looking at me. I don't care. I'm going to yeah. slap the shit out of Grant Williams. Well, it's just like him tripping everybody. It's like, dude, you just got suspended. And he tripped someone again. And, like, how do you not understand in today's world that everybody's got their phone out? Everybody's got – everything's on video. I mean, the ESPN or Summer League is now the primetime ESPN thing happening in the summer. you got to have an understanding – that if you are going to do this, A, if you are going to do this, you've got to at least have a career. Because, I mean, Grace, is Grayson Allen going to make it in the league? You know, there's, there, I saw something on Twitter that, uh, let's see, one, there was an article from one of the major sites like Bleacher Report or whatever of who's the biggest villain in the NBA. Is it Grayson Allen or is it Draymond Green? Draymond and I Green's Draymond. an all-star. Yeah, yeah but he's I like he's, too, yeah. it's like yeah, I think everybody does. Well, I, I don't I don't hate Draymond because people been, but people right. respect the hell out of Draymond. Yeah, which exactly. I, I do too. There's to because his dirty plays dirty plays in quotation marks, and some of them are, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but they're generally in like a unity situation or a rallying or right. he's being he's being overly boisterous. Not in exactly the same way that Kevin Garnett did, but Kind of like there was a team unifying situation. Grayson Allen's just being a bitch. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, he's <laughs> just being a whiner. You know, it's not, it's not good for anybody. You know, he's not firing anybody up, especially not in summer league. You know, as, and even here's even, even the Steven Adams nut kick that Draymond did, that was like in the Western Conference finals. Like, right. not summer league, dude. What are you doing? Right. So there's, and here's, here's the perfect example of why people hate Grayson Allen and people hate Duke. And why people hate every, every Duke fan. Because no, nobody respects Duke fans, right? I mean, like, if you're a legitimate college basketball fan, you don't, you don't respect Duke fans because 98 per, 90, 98% of them never went to Duke. 99% of them never even went to a game or have been on campus or whatever. You know, so, I mean, this is – that's a whole different argument. But nobody respects Duke fans, in my opinion, because of articles like this. The Duke, the major Duke fan site posted time, an article. Time out. Go. Is this Ball, Ball Durham? Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. I read that, too. Go ahead. And I had the it same reads, reaction. It reads like it's an Onion article. Yes. That's the reaction I had, too. It reads as if this is supposed to be a satirical take on Duke fans and Grayson Allen. It's not. It's a legitimate article about, like, how here's – the, here's the headline of the article. By attempting to influence a game from press row Thursday night while unnecessarily disparaging both an innocent player and the entire Duke basketball staff, ESPN proved unfit to broadcast basketball. So that means that, and this was very, this was widely shared and commented on, but this means that there are Duke fans in the world that think ESPN is biased against against Duke. And that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Like that, oh, I can't even, I can't even fathom being. (laughs) so much in a bubble that, <laughs> that i mean espn is like the duke broadcasting network 
you know, being so blind or having such a narrow uh, tunnel vision, thank you, that, uh, that you think that ESPN is against you when they are on your nuts 24-7, 365. The article is, if anyone's listening to this, go look up Ball Durham and, or, you know, search Grayson Allen Ball Durham. And it's, it's, you can, I'm sure you'll say the same thing right now, but it's the most ridiculous torts article I've ever read in my life. Dude, I was, I was taking my morning dump and I was like, this cannot be real. This, it, it, it honestly upset my morning shit, which is probably the best part of my entire day. And it just completely ruined it. I was like beside myself. I, how do you write that in a serious fashion? Now, they did go after Dan Dockage, who was the ESPN commentator that was making all these remarks. Fine, and so fine by me. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of conflicted because I was like, Dockage didn't say anything wrong, but he's also a huge hack. So, I mean, these are just two people that I don't like going at it. They can fight each other to the death. Right. But that article also was saying uh, Grant Williams didn't have any issues with it, so why should you? What, just because Grant Williams didn't, like, throw a punch back like, yeah, obviously because he, he has does. an ounce of self-control yeah, yeah. and right. because he's trying to make a basketball team like like what do we oh yeah so that's that that point was just i threw it completely out into the garbage and then th- there was something else it was uh oh it, it was it was like this happens all the time in nba games like maybe right but in regular season games that matter, not in summer league. And don't try and tell me that, oh, well, Grayson Allen's he's trying to make a roster. That's, I mean, that's the complete opposite way of how you go about doing that. And then, dude, this was probably my favorite. This one was my favorite. So I clicked on the tweet because Ball Durham tweeted it out. And one of the responses was from a guy uh, showing – it was a gif of uh, – who was it? I forget who was coming down. Oh, it was Kurt Rambis coming down the lane for the Lakers in the 80s. And Kevin McHale just completely clotheslining him. And so I'm thinking to myself, are you seriously equating Grayson Allen doing this in Summer League to Grant Williams? And you're equating it to arguably the greatest rivalry in all of sports in In the the fucking finals? Yeah. I was like, these people are so deluded. And so, so we're, like, we, could, we can be deluded as well. We're very delusional also. I mean, th- that's the point of being a college basketball fan. But I got the Memphis guys saying, fuck Grayson Allen, right? He's not tough. It's, it's, it's Bush League, right? So even uh, Grayson's playing for the Grizzlies now. They wanted to give him a chance. And it's like, no, don't want Grayson Allen. If this was almost any other fan base, they'd be pretty ashamed. And yeah. Ball Durham comes out with that nonsense. Well, you know, God, this um, this is really gonna dis- disturb you. Dockage was completely right on everything he said. No, he was in this he was. in this in this in, in this uh, situation because uh, he was more or less rooting for Grayson Allen to get tossed out of the game, which I, everybody was. Yeah. I mean, it, and and this isn't like if this was a first time situation, he wouldn't have had that reaction. None of us would. It had been like, okay, well, guys just learn in this place in the league. But Doc, it's also brought up a great point in another game, but which applies to this situation as well. Summer League is your job interview. Mm-hmm. You, you have to show up on time. You know, there was a kid, I guess, that didn't show up to, the, to one of the practices on time for Summer League. And it's like, and because they're in Vegas, because they presumably went out the night before in Vegas. And he's like, I know it's Vegas. But you have a two-week job interview at your dream job. Watch a movie every night. Like, don't go out. Show up on time. But the same thing applies to this. Is like, if you're on the fence about keeping someone like Grayson Allen on the team, which I'm not sure how Memphis necessarily feels about him as a future prospect. They're trying to rebuild. I understand why he's on the team. It's only, you know, second year in the league, whatever. Third, third year in the league. Second year in the league. Second. Second, second year in the league. Yeah there's nothing safe about like you've already been traded yeah i agree so there's already one team that felt like you were movable you so if you already have a uh a bad reputation uh, which is a completely correct bad reputation yeah and you you've got nba gms like do coach k can't just cut you from the team because because you're the team's best player and that's not how college work works right, right. if memphis g if memphis's gm is just sitting there be like okay like this guy's what the ninth guy on the bench. Yeah. Do we really need this guy? Like no, 
so you're so first off, what they'll do is they'll send you down to G League, and then they'll just they won't cut you, but they'll just send you down to the G League, or they'll trade you somewhere or whatever. So I mean, you have to be mind your P's and Q's in the summer league, or if you're going to commit a flagrant foul, it's got to be like a hard play in well, like transition sorry at something. the rim, and yeah, right, yeah, and because flagrants aren't what flagrants used to be sometimes flagrants right, aren't, aren't, inten- aren't intentional and that's and that's completely fine with me so but now it's it's like okay if this is clearly an intentional two intentional flagrant fouls with an intent to harm the other person like that's not gonna fly no teams aren't gonna fly and people referencing the kurt rambis thing oh it's like the God. same people same people in college football now or foot or the nfl who think it's okay to like headhunt and stuff still now. Okay. Like rules and games change over 40 years, 30 years. This is not the same way we do stuff. And this, even in those days, wouldn't have considered been considered good because what would happen to Grayson Allen the next time down the court is he would get his ass Absolutely. beat yeah, by someone. Right. And so that's where that, that comparison doesn't fly is because, he would be made into a pancake 30 years ago if he just tried to swing at someone's head for no reason. I just, he's running out of goodwill and it, he might have just completely lost it. Because again, look at the video. None of his teammates are coming to his defense. None of his teammates, I mean, obviously they might have been told, hey, don't get up off the bench. But I think his teammates, for the most part, were like, yeah, those were two wildly unnecessary plays, Grayson. Why are you doing that? Well, I think we've all played sports whether it be organized or men's league pickup or even golf. Like, I'm a big golfer, so even sometimes you golf with that guy that breaks a club every round that you're with. And one time you're like, oh, okay, you know, yeah. could have just been a bad day. But you know you've played with that guy, and he just argues with the coach in practice every day, and then he commits these stupid fouls. And you know everyone on this team is like, god damn it, like, just – dude can we just not or so like in golf my comparison is like god i gotta play with this guy again like fuck you know like this is gonna be awful and that's gotta be what it is it's like you if you're annoying your own teammates that are supposed to have your back yeah who are also your fellow employees at the same company for in this situation not gonna fly well shit man also like if i'm one of his teammates and right grayson's out (laughs) out, or he, he gets tossed the other team's out for revenge. I mean, I can't imagine it would actually happen. But, like, okay. if I go to the hole and get my ass decked on account of Grayson, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah, right, exactly. Like, like, this like punk, bro, that wasn't this me. Punk Dude, punk I'm bitch. sorry. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> it's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, like, baseball, you get get beamed in the, in the ass, right? Right. In, in hockey, you just start a fight. Yeah, right. could you, it's like, it's, it's a, nothing. It's a, it's akin to being a perfect point. You're the next guy up at the plate because the previous guy got kicked out of the game and you just get, you get a, a 95 mile an hour fastball to the head and you just look at the pitch. You're like, dog, that, this ain't a me problem. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah I'm on your side. I, I don't like to, that guy either. To make somewhat of a, of a full circle here. It's Kevin Keats at NC state. Like <laughs> I didn't do shit. You know, like, why are you getting after me? Time right. is a flat circle. I like <laughs> right. that. Right. All right. Last little item here before we wrap up with hugs again, Duke, not really shitting on it. Cause I actually really like Zion Williamson quite a bit, but mm-hmm. coach K recently, I think he said today that Zion should not have been playing in summer league quote. I thought really he never should have played just because he's been on the circuit of awards, the SBs, everything. Shashevsky told via Forbes, Adam Zagoria. I don't think he's in the playing shape or the mental shape to play. So I think he could have done without that last little line, basically saying Zion's not mentally or physically ready right now because right. there's a picture going around and he's looking pee chunky. Zion sitting back and he's got a bit of a gut. Now, I'm not here to fat shame because I'm all about the thick, thick guys coming through now, right? The guys with the wagons. Zion, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. was hitting bombs in, in the All-Star game, or the uh, Home Run Derby, excuse me. And if you know me, I have a little bit of a caboose. So I'm team chunky guys for sure. It's, it's never been a better time to be thick than 2019. Correct. Correct. Continue on. Continue no, on. you're right. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> this is the year of the thick, right? <laughs> You're the thick. White, white claws and thickness. That's what summer 2019 is all about. That really, yeah, um, you're right. But so, you know, I, I just, I feel like Coach K 
could have done without that last little line, basically saying he's not physically or mentally ready to go. That's not necessarily something you want to hear about the most touted number one overall pick in quite some time. Now I think Zion's going to be just fine, but this kind of reminded me of Jim Mora when, and he, this was even more egregious because he did this fucking before the draft, but he said about Josh Rosen, like basically God forbid he has other interests outside of football. So I'd beware. And it's like, dude, that's your, like, that's your product. You should be gassing him up as much as possible. Right. So this coach K line came as a, a bit of a shock to me. Yeah. I, well, and it's to use a term from the bachelorette currently going on on ABC. It's uh it's kind of a stay in your lane type of moment where it's like, okay, like this was your dude and you can support him, but you're not his coach anymore. You're not the one who's in charge of what he's doing anymore. So you can't tell other people what to do with the person. They're the one who coach K doesn't have any money invested in Zion Williamson. Right. The Pelicans have all of their money invested in Zion Williamson's. So they're going to take, they're going to do their due diligence in making sure someone's ready to play or not. And if that player is not ready to play or not, that's also not the team's fault though, either. You know, like you have to, if you're a, if you're an athlete, you have to keep yourself in shape. I, I do understand. I do understand the reasoning of maybe not playing if your best players in summer league or, uh, you know, like NFL nowadays, the Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady's of the world, they play like 15 snaps right? and because they don't want him to get injured. So I understand that, but yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Coach K should really have any remarks or anything to do with this. Really? I mean, really, I don't, in my opinion. Now I hope that, um, and, and, and I, if I missed it, I apologize. I hope that, uh, the theater and college hoops, uh, Twitter will retweet the uh, snotty dripping Dikembe Mogumbo tweet. <laughs> Dude, so, those were so all we so can, funny. So we can see, so that the listeners can see the exact tweet we're talking about. I mean, the replies are unbelievable. Snack Randolph, Tracy McGravy. Yeah, let's keep going ben, through this. Beignet Simmons, <laughs> Caramello <laughs> Anthony. Kate Griffin, Meadow World Feast, Chauncey Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> Antonio McDouble. <laughs> Tim Tim Duncan Donuts. <laughs> Shay uh, Gizzards Alexander. <laughs> we gotta keep going. Oh, yeah. No, one. here's here's a great one. OJ Mayo. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> just the actual guy's name. Oh yeah. Andre just... Enchilada. Oh. <laughs> and then to cap it off. Giannis and then we ate gumbo. <laughs> With with the Sterling or the Shannon Sharp uh, right after that. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, how do? Where do you think? Like, so obviously he's been busy, but I mean, do you think Zion should be in better shape than he is right now? Uh, yeah, I do. I actually, I think Zion should be in better shape in terms of in terms of the minutes that he's played. I it's not a big deal to me. We see this all the time. It's better than Jared right. Culver, who's like not even with the team. I guess that's right. really weird. But right. yeah, I, th- I like I said, I think Zion will be fine. I just think it's it's kind of rabble rousing from Coach K. Why like why are you trying to right. put down? It just it kind of seemed weird. Just say I don't think he should have played at all in summer league. And maybe if they say why, I just be like, well, he's been very busy. Right? Don't don't take yeah, a shot right. at his at his mental and uh, physical state right now. You know, I, I've used as this an line 18, like, he's already getting it from everyone else. It's like, dude, right. what, what, what happened to the brotherhood? Right? Like, right. where's that? Well, I, I mean, I'm sure Zion's fine with it. Zion's probably totally cool. He doesn't, like, we're probably blowing this out of proportion, but that's exactly what we do because we need to talk about something here. So, Right. But it's a classic example of a line that I use all the time, and that is, not everything has to be something. Mm-hmm. And this is probably one of those situations in, in, that Coach K could have taken that piece of advice um, and said, not everything has to be something. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, it's, it, it is what it is and he'll be fine. And there's no reason to put down and the, an organization, uh, your own player who just left you. Yeah. There's, there was no positives to be gained from anything. That Coach yeah. K said. All right. Let's get to some hugs here before we wrap up. Taylor, give us your hug. So not to make half of this entire podcast about NC state, but we'll we've been a- ACC heavy. 
You're right. But there will be – this is a positive thing for NC State. NC State just created the first partnership with a beer company because the ACC just was able to uh, – the league-wide announcement that they're going to be able to serve beer and alcohol at sporting events. And so NC State partnered with – or uh, New Belgium partnered with NC State to create the old Tuffy Lager, a beer that will now be served on campus. So a big hug to NC State for um, – being able to drink their own branded beer on campus. They're going to need a lot of those now because their games are going to be such trash to watch because the NCAA might come down on them big. Now, I will say the number one comment I saw about this um, was that uh, someone hoped that they came in 24-ounce cans, referencing to the game earlier this year where NC State only scored 24 points in a game. That's good. That's clever. Very witty, very quick. Uh, I completely forgot about that. One of the <laughs> most absurdly bad offensive performances I've ever seen. Just offensive to all five senses. A lot of old toughy loggers would have been necessary to uh, watch that game and have any enjoyment about it. Definitely. Hug for NC State. My hug is going to go to Brandon Clark. And this isn't just because we're on a Memphis podcast, but Brandon Clark has been shown out at Summer League. And for the life of me, I never understood how he dropped as far as he did. He should have been a lottery pick, in my opinion. And he just finished, I think, with 25 and 12, something something along that stat line. Definitely a double-double and a dunk that either won the game or sent the game to overtime. As you can tell, I've been very up on my summer league. <laughs> but Brandon Clark has been an awesome addition for Memphis. So we were just shitting on Grayson Allen. But their young core is so cool. I love the they Grizzlies' are. young core. Jaron Jackson, John Morant and potentially Brandon Clark. You got Dylan Brooks as well. These guys are going to be fun, and I think they're going to be competitive in maybe two or three years, three, three four years maybe, <laughs> that, that two- to four-year window. But I want to give a hug to Brandon Clark because he actually had a very interesting route to the NBA. He is Canadian, so those Canadian boys, they're stockpiling all these players, man. They're going to be a tough out in the Olympics. But grew up in Arizona, went to San Jose State for three years, transferred to Gonzaga, and now he's, he's making the most of his opportunity. I just feel like Brandon Clark's one of those guys that's been doubted his entire career, and he was doubted in the draft, and he's going to make a lot of people pay. So backing up your point of how cool their young roster is, they have four summer league MVPs on their roster if you count Brandon Clark. Really? Yeah, uh, Jonas Valanciunas, Kyle Anderson, Tyus Jones, and Brandon Clark. Oh, yeah, they did get just get Tyus Jones. Yeah. Good for the Grizz. Yeah. So that's – yeah, so they have a very talented – and and that's not – those aren't even their most talented players on the on this young team, it, argue, you know, arguably. Yeah. So to have four of those guys on the roster doesn't necessarily mean anything, but it does go to show you that they have stockpiled a lot of young talent on the team. Yeah. All right, that's a wrap for us. Great, great talking again. Taylor, we'll be back in a couple weeks as we – Inch ever so closely. Keep looking at Rothstein's Twitter to see how many more days we have until college basketball. But right now, surviving the dog days of summer, man. Go, go hang out in the pool. Turn yes. the heat on. I, or excuse yes. me, the AC on. Do something. Yeah. Oh, I don't think my AC's been off in weeks. Love weeks. It. Thanks, yeah. guys. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.